are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show podcast powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. You want to let us know what you think about we think you can uh, join us. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Just finished wrapping up today's television show, joined by Ben Shapiro from Daily Wire. Uh, today's CR Roundtable, we take a look at candidates currently being discussed as Republicans for the U.S. Senate next year are, include Mitt Romney and Kid Rock. And what does it say about a political party? that two such divergent people can look at it and say, yeah, that's a vehicle for what I stand for simultaneously. Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? We discussed some of that, uh, as well as a lot of other stuff. What stood out to you today about the TV show, Todd? Well, I remember you've told the tale many times about how in your sports radio days during the, the summer times, the, the down times, you have, you'd have to figure out something to talk about, and that was the sign of a good host. And so, you know, you'd think that maybe, based on how you let off the show today, that maybe there was nah, nothing going on in American politics. Everything's going swimmingly. We got this under control. So what do you, what do you end up talking about? You end up talking about uh, sex robots, and they might kill you, just for a lark. But no, that's actually because that's, that's actually pretty much the State of the Union right now, and you have to talk about it. Indeed. If you want to hear or watch someone attempt to take... Uh, sex robots into as a, into a setup of serious political analysis. We gave it a shot today on CRTV. Not sure we did it well, but we boldly went where no one has gone before. Aaron, what stood out to you? Yeah, don't say you weren't weren't warned. Um, good conversation on the CR roundtable uh, today. Well, it was as good as it can be for discussing Bob Ritchie for Senate. Um, but there is I, again. There, I think we're we're finding every day how to go uh, how to talk about things and take them seriously. Um, and, and well, talk about things in a meaningful way, but not take them too seriously, because that's that's kind of all we've got right now. Because everything is fake news, uh, or everything is empty calories. And so the only thing that we have left is is uh, just gallows humor, and I think we are we are getting better at that every single day, interjected with a few grains of, of truth and truth bombs. Indeed, I've been dropping some bombs on Twitter today. By the way, I'm tweeting exclusively in Kid Rock lyrics. Dope bombs. <laughs> you said that. With maximum whiteness. I mean, seriously. <laughs> That's all I've got. There's a little bit of northern. I mean, I, I, I lost. I lost you know? my. Yeah, I lost my <laughs> farmer's tan from mowing the lawn all summer. As soon as you, I'm albino right now. 
I got whiter just being next to you as you say. Um, yes, uh, those were the dope. That, that was that when I used to listen to gangster rap in my youth pagan days. Those were always my favorite parts. Is when they do the impersonation of the white guy with the stick up his butt. Uh, why yes? Because we all just walk around talking like this. Uh, yes, uh, those. I think Steve, what you meant to say. <laughs> I think what you meant to say is those were the dope bombs. Yes, Steve. That was me. That was me. Oh, gosh. I hate us. So, Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Promo code DACE if you want to watch us uh, today on CRTV. Give you a hot take on sex robots. Uh, Promo code DEACE at CRTV.com. You'll get a free trial if you don't like it. You probably won't. So, try it and just cancel. A lot of people do that. Uh, You can also, uh, if you don't like us, though, the good thing is there's something else there for your 10 bucks a month. Mark Levin, Steven Crowder, Michelle Mock. And every now and then, one of them is good. We never are. Right. That's why I always make sure to mention them as often as us, because we are just frankly trying to coast off of their superior product and fame. I think we all agree on that. Yeah, we're good like once every full moon. So exactly. And that's what every 28 days. Yeah, I so see. We're, we're like you're we're like a monthly cycle podcast. That's what we are. Count on us every 28 days. Better than yep. Hillary. Better than Hillary. Oh, she was a featured star on today's TV show. You don't want to miss it. CRTV.com, promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. It'll be up there here today. Let's get to Worldview Wednesday. I personally believe... Elitism. Marxism. Atheist. Government intervention. Secular humanist. Liberals and conservatives. Materialism. Nihilism. U.S. Americans. Christian. Globalist. Socialist. Democracy. Worldview, as the word suggests, is how we look at the world around us. How do we understand life as it hits us in the face. Libertarian. Tea Partier. The free market. Nobody is without a worldview. The only question is, is it a good one or a bad one? So it becomes the glasses, the spectacles, the filter through which they're actually seeing life. And the whole universe and the world and human life is understood through that lens. This is Steve Dace. And this is Worldview Wednesday, your college philosophy class via podcast. Uh, one show a week. You know, we do Worldview pretty much every day anyway, but one show a week we go exclusively Worldview, much deeper into the various worldviews that are really the basis for the discussions, the debates uh, that we have in our culture, the events that take place in our culture, and really across the globe each and every single day. And we've been uh, taking a look back at my 2014 book, Rules for Patriots, How Conservatives Can Win Again endorsed by a lot of major conservative leaders at the time. In fact, I'll give you the list. We haven't done that, actually. At the time being the operative phrase? Some still are. Uh, Former president of Club for Growth, uh, former vice president of FreedomWorks, Rafael Cruz, father of Ted Cruz, Eric Erickson, founder of Red State, now with the resurgent, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, our very own great one, Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, who joined us today on CRTV. Tim Wildman, the president of the American Family Association. Thomas Woods, the Libertarian New York Times bestseller. It's a pretty good cross-section of the right in America. It is. And then there is the current president of the United States, Donald Trump, endorsed the book as well. And so we've been looking back at this book, which was sort of the compilation of what I had witnessed in political activism works and does not work from campaigns from the president to school board. And 
they're framed in what I call my 10 commandments of political warfare. And so each of the last few weeks, you've been looking at one of these. Okay. So here's this week's commandment. This is the seventh commandment. Define your opponent before they define themselves and define yourself before your opponent defines you. Define your opponent before they define themselves and define yourself before your opponent defines you. This is how I led this chapter off. Can I share this with you guys and tell me what you think? There's this girl you're really interested in and you really wanted to meet her, but you're too nervous to go up and introduce yourself. So you ask your worst enemy to do it for you, who's attracted to her as well. He proceeds to tell her about this guy he knows that's interested in her, piquing her curiosity. Tell me about him, she says. Is he cute? Define cute, he replies. I wouldn't say he's hideous, but he's certainly nothing special. Granted, you're not exactly Ryan Ryan Reynolds or George Clooney, but you didn't have a problem getting a date in high school. Is he athletic or normal size, she asks. Translation, she wants to know if you're morbidly obese. Sure, now that you're a little older, you're not as lean and mean as you once were, but you're in still pretty decent shape for your age. Dude could stand to lose a few pounds, though, is how your enemy describes you to her. Now the girl is grasping for any initial reason to pursue this further. What does he do for a living is her final inquisitive attempt to give you a chance. You're just about finished with med school, which you put off for a few years to do missionary work in Africa. Currently, you volunteer to provide medical care at the homeless shelter in your spare time, and you've temporarily, you're temporarily living at home with your mother, who is still lonely and struggling with grief after the unexpected death of your father last year. Despite all of these facts, nevertheless, your enemy tells the girl he's unemployed and living at home with his mom. By allowing your enemy to define you to this girl that you're both interested in, You have been defined as unemployed and living at home with mom, overweight, and not exactly blessed with movie star looks. Your enemy didn't technically lie in the way he described you to the girl, but he certainly cast you in the worst possible light, since the girl assumes she's already getting the best possible description of who you are from the person you sent indirectly to represent you. She concludes you're really a fat loser with no job. Then she looks at her friends and says, no wonder he didn't come talk to me himself. I use that as a metaphor for the way we have allowed those who dislike us, disagree with us, and despise us to brand us as conservatives. Do you think that is appropriate, Todd? Oh, absolutely. And the key to it is you you absolutely have to, to do this kind of thing, though. You have to know who you are, uh, whether it's intellectually, ideologically, in the example you bring up. It's more, it goes a little deeper than that. Uh, but if you're, if you're not certain, if you're waffling on who you are, what you're asking people to do is basically impossible. Why? Because you can, you can do it, you can run the short game. You'll be, especially in this state, more than ever, you'll be found out. You, you, you have to define yourself in a way that can last uh, from moment to moment to moment and not be contradictory. This is why we see all kinds of politicians uh, d- defining themselves in multiple ways to, to serve a particular end. But that's the very thing that has people absolutely sick of Washington, D.C. What do you think, Aaron? 
Just, no. Just a thought here. Um, completely agree. Completely agree that you should uh, not allow your opponents to define you. But maybe, maybe, just thinking out loud here, maybe if your opponents always scream racism or racist, you're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist about everything, and they're doing this for years and years and years, um, maybe if you're, I don't know, the conservative movement or what's left of it, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't kowtow around with those on the alt-right or alt-right nationalists just just thinking out loud here because what happens even if that's not the vast majority of the people who identify as being on the right what happens when you're called racist 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 all the time for years after years and then you're like yeah sure these alt-right guys can come party along with us for a little while um and then they start acting like racists uh then everybody's a racist Mm. so i think this is also another Another uh, an, another reminder just to keep keep your company clean if you're a movement. I think that's a valid point, Todd. It, it's absolutely a valid point. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you, you need to disabuse progressives immediately when they start throwing around uh, bigot, racist. Again, if you truly know who you are, yeah. you will, and you will successfully because you will know who they are, and you will know that if you pop this b- bully in the nose, you will win the day. But if you are full of white guilt and you're like, well, whispering to yourself under your breath, well, I just don't want to be labeled with that name, and you run away and damage control as soon as possible, you deserve that label, even if you aren't that, quite frankly. You deserve all the bad labels. You need to be able to handle uh, that situation, and you can't and won't be able to handle it if you believe that those nonsense messages of the sages of the ages somehow are part of your DNA. I mean, you know how tough argument is, Steve. You do this for a living. Mm -hmm. But what's the number one reason you're good at it? And there's many, but if it all the way to the top, it goes, you know who you are. So when you're in the middle of the whirlwind, you're you're not worried about perception, you're not getting weak in the knees. What might they think of me? Exactly. The, the, more than your intellect, more than your courage, just the simple, still, small voice, I know who I am. And your lie can't change me in this moment, no matter how long you scream it. I, that, that's precisely correct. That's why, I've, that's why I don't buy the whole evil party versus stupid party scam, that self-delusion lie we like to say on our side of the aisle. They're not stupid. They just don't agree with you. Oh, it's worse than being stupid. Yeah, they, they, it, it, it's, it's similar to if you handed me the manual to your vehicle and said, hey, how's this work? I'm smart enough and quick enough on the draw. I could, I could glean a couple phrases off out of the book and come up with a five-minute opening elevator pitch. But the minute I got beyond that elevator pitch and the follow-up questions began, what would happen? Trouble. Trouble. I'm going to get deep-handed because I'm, I'm over my skis. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out of my element. This is not, this is not my bag, baby. Austin Powers, you know what I'm saying. So that, guess what I don't do then? Uh, discuss uh, automotive issues because I don't like to look dumb, so I don't discuss those. 
you're asking Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and these guys to defend things they don't believe in. One of the reasons Donald Trump took the most stereotypical incendiary messaging for our issues is because he was he was presenting a caricature of what he thought many conservatives wanted because he's not one. He's a, a guy with liberal tendencies that has spent his entire adult life in a very liberal city surrounded by liberals working in the media uh, with liberals. And and this was a caricature that you guys wanted birtherism. You see what I'm saying? He, he was providing you a caricature. The minute we would get into the debates and it would actually turn to substance, how come he would never stay on substance and would always turn it back to the caricature? How come? Because he had no substance. He had no substance. How come he lost every one of those debates to Hillary Clinton? And that is tough to do. How come? Because when he got beyond the talking points... He had no substance. It's easier to hide that when there's 17 people on a stage or 10 or even four. How come he never debated anyone one-on-one in the entire primary? Because you can't simply fill the airtime with put-downs and pejoratives. At some point, people are like, you know what? I really appreciated that Dairy Queen blizzard, but you know, when does the, when, when, when does the hamburger start? Because my body's just burning through those empty calories. I need some solid food here. You know what I'm saying? This is why. This is why. There's no substance there. He's, 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 you're asking him to defend things he does not know or believe. Most of the Republicans don't do what I'm telling you right here. They don't define themselves before their opponents do, and they don't define their opponents before their opponents define themselves because they don't know who they are. I'm a pretty smart guy. I'm not a genius. Um, I sucked at math. My math score on my ACT kept me out of the University of Michigan, where I, which was my dream to go to all my childhood. I'm not classically intellectual, meaning I, chemistry, the sciences, the formulas, all, I, I don't get any of that stuff. I'm a good strategic thinker. I think quickly on my feet. I can process information extraordinarily fast because the way God made my brain to process, which gives people the impression that I'm smarter than I am, if you know what I mean. Sure. Okay. Meaning I'm not the guy that you hand a, a deep existential problem in the universe to and say, solve. I'm not coming up with the theory of relativity, guys. What I can do really well is if you come up with the theory of relativity and, and ask me to go and explain it, and then after you explain it to me, ask me to explain it to people in a way they would understand, I can do that. There was a, there was a company when we were kids used to run ads during football games, and their motto was, motto was, we don't make the products you buy. We make the products you buy better. That's kind of what I do. That's what I'm really good at. All right, but I'm not, I'm not a Mensa guy. I'm not an, a 160 IQ guy. I'm not. But because of two things, a lot of people think that I am. One is because of how quickly God made my brain to process information and think on my feet. And the reason he made my brain that way is because he knew I was going to end up doing what I'm doing now for a living. And if there's one thing people don't like to hear, what is it? Dead air. So say something, keep talking until you say something. I can do that. The other thing, that's why you rarely see me caught with my knickers down. It's not because I'm smarter than the people I'm debating. It's just how fast my brain can move that you've really got to get, you've really got to be ahead of me on the bell curve to get me depanted because I can come up with something pretty quick in a response, even if it's a deflection. But the other reason is what you said, sincerity. I really believe this stuff. Yep. I really believe it. So when you put sincerity together with uh, speed and simplicity, that gives people this aura of genius that, frankly, I don't have. 
any toy that our kids have ever received at Christmas that came with assembly required immediately went to their mother. I don't even do like the pressed wood bookshelves. Okay. Aaron telling me he was so going to spend. So you're saying his, you his, can't build a coffee? Yeah, table. I was just going to say that. Aaron, tell you telling me you were spending your Memorial Day weekend building a coffee table from scratch? You might as well have told me. You know what? I'm going to study by my Sanskrit because that's what it means to me. I don't get that at all. Okay. Now, what I am good at is taking the books you put on your coffee table, skimming through them very quickly, and then present representing that information to the audience as if it was my own in a way they could understand. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm a really good plagiarist. Yeah, but sincerity goes a long way. Originality is just repeating what you've already heard and not remembering the source. <laughs> <laughs> well said. But that's why they that's why that's why the talking points are so banal or banal, depends on the day of the week how we're pronouncing that on the show. Let's just go with that's why they're shallow. When I think of the way conservatives and many Republicans, or, or fake conservatives and many Republicans brand themselves as conservatives, I'm reminded of, of Robin Williams doing his impersonation of Richard Nixon in Good Morning Vietnam, where he does the great scene where he's doing a mock interview with the President of the United States, and he asks him about his manly parts, and in his perfect Nixon voice, he says, Ah, oh, they're soft, shallow, and they serve no purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's that is the depth of principle. Many of the Republicans we elect in our place to go and be our ambassadors for our belief system. See, a lot of people, guys, think that I refuse to accept the reality of the world we're in. The exact opposite is true. I have my faults, but that is not one of them. I want to change the reality of the world we're in. I wrote this book as a way to reframe the reality. I am not ignorant. Yes, please tell me, Facebook warrior. Please tell me, please tell me, conservative commentator who, if MSNBC called and asked you to come on, you would never even return the call, let alone appear on screen one on four, as I have how many times? Yes, by all means, lecture me on the reality of the environment. By all means, please do. Because I would be willing to guess between writing for Politico and being interviewed by them, between writing for USA Today, appearances on CNN, MSNBC, PBS, NPR, I would be willing to bet that if I don't have amongst any conservative media people in this country with any name or branding at all, if I've not been on or quoted by those entities more than anyone else you can think of has, I'm somewhere in the top 10. So yes, by all means, Please inform me on how outnumbered we are. I, w- I, I never knew. Because one of the reasons I know we're outnumbered is because to get one of our people to respond originally, they had to go so far down the list, they had to call this D sky no one had ever heard of. That's how I got into these places. No one else would talk to them. They were desperate for a conservative. They thought they were getting some schmuck from Iowa who was just going to fill their stereotype. And that's not how we roll around here. So I'm very aware of how outnumbered we are. That is why it is key to anoint people as our emissaries, as our apostles, as our ambassadors, meaning our proxies, that are capable when the microphone goes on and, and they're live now. And that means no spin. The spin is off, spins off now. The editorial commenting, the, the, whatever editorializing they did in the lead up to the question is now gone. 
because the mic is hot and it's in the face with a camera of one of our guys and they have an open platform now say something own it own that moment because that can undo all of the editorializing that came before they turned the microphone on and all that will come after it's gone. What you can do with today's viral clips and social media, if you can club it, nail it, this is Ben Shapiro's made a career out of this. Made a career out of this. If you can own that minute, you can own a news cycle. If you can own that minute. Most of our guys, though, can't. Because they're not our guys. Because all you wanted was better than Obama, better than Hillary, anybody but whatever the Democrats nominate. So guess what you got? Better than a Marxist, better than a lying Marxist, better than a, better, better than a likable lying Marxist, better than an unlikable lying Marxist, better than all the other Marxists. That's what you aim for. Imagine your daughters came home and said, you know, I haven't, sele- I, haven't, I haven't selected the last couple guys I'm thinking of for a husband yet, Dad, but as long as they're just better than Gacy... Better than Richard Ramirez. Better than Pennywise. What kind of freaking standard is that? Well, if that's your fulcrum, if that's where you begin, guess what? You're not aiming high enough. You might get better than that. I'd like to actually get good. How about our standard is, let's find somebody good as opposed to better than the worst. And then we sit here, we've lost a generation. Nate Madden said on our TV show today from CRTV something very profound. Republicans won elections, but the Democrats won all the arguments. And he's right. So I am not unaware of how outnumbered we are. I'm the one telling you Trump's making MSNBC great again. Of the highest ratings I've had in 18 years. I'm the one telling you that. But you can bet your sweet bippy, man, when these networks, they, when these liberal entities, when they ask me to come on, I got a game plan. And I, almost always, there's something I want to be able to say at that moment that I will find some way when the camera comes to me to turn that moment into what I want to say to the country. And if that moment won't allow me to do it, guess what my answer is when they ask me? No. Nope. Got something else going on. I always have something else going on. It's just a matter of whether I'm willing to rearrange it for you or not. If what you want, if what you're asking me to do will allow me to make a point to people that have never heard it before or have never heard of me before, I'll rearrange my schedule. If not, the answer is no. You don't have to talk to everybody. If, if you can't turn that into your advantage, then don't go talk to them. If you're a Republican congressman or senator or a conservative somewhere, just if, if with, a, with an audience, just turn your camera phone on, do a clip, put it on your Facebook wall, let it go viral. You don't need the media as much as you used to to get your message out. But if you can use them to get your message out, by all means. But here's what I want to do, guys, before we wrap this up. All right? I'm going to give, we're going to do something we should not do. All right? I'm going to count in my head a minute of dead air. All right, I'm going to give you guys each a minute. I want you to come up with five elected Republicans right now that you can think of that you are 100% confident on the most divisive issues of the day, facing the most hostile, confrontational questioning, can defend what we believe. All right? 
five. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. So we're going to hear a minute of dead air while I count 60 seconds in my head to let you guys think of it. Ready? On your mark. Get set. Go. All right, time's up. One name at a time. Aaron, I'll start with you. Go. I came up with three. All right, give me one. Uh, Ted Cruz. Todd. Rand Paul. Aaron. Uh, Senator Lee. Todd. That's where I stopped. You stopped there? Okay. Aaron, I you had think just... I was being generous still. You had three? Who's your, who's your third? Um, you guys aren't going to like this, but it's Marco Rubio. Okay. Oh, I don't. I have no doubt Marco Rubio can argue our points. My I don't doubt know if he is, believes it. I, my doubt is whether he'll actually follow yeah. through legislatively yeah. when given the chance. But yeah. he can argue very well. You stopped at three. You stopped at two. One. Right. No, he well, had two. Well, I had oh. three. I had, the, I had three in my head. You had so three in your they, head. They were just all named. Yeah. Okay. So, but you guys couldn't get to five. Not with any confidence. I mean, I could have maybe guessed. We have more elected Republicans in America right now than at any point since before the Great Depression. You guys could barely get to three that you would count, that you would be you'd be okay if they were if they were in the eye of the storm, man, standing up for what we believe in. You came up with only three in a minute out of all those hundreds of Republicans nationwide. What does that say? I mean, there's, there's at least there's there's 270 some odd Republicans in the House right now. I think it is. There's. 52 in the Senate. There's a Republican in the White House. No one even counting state legislatures, governors. You guys struggle to come up with three. This is my point. It's the old Margaret Thatcher line. First you win the argument, and then you win the vote. We've been winning votes without winning arguments because our argument has been the left is too radical. The left goes too far, which is all true. But you are, but you're not, but you're, you're, you're really, you're really winning protest votes more than elections. People are using you as an instrument of their reaction, not, not because they are affirmatively supporting your agenda. And that's the political definition of a Pyrrhic victory, because that's a house of cards. But sooner or later, people realize you can't govern and they just give up on you whole. And that's why we have to have people who are capable of doing what we're talking about here. Capable of defining who we are before the opponents define us and capable of defining us before our opponents define or defining our opponents before they define themselves. This is why I speak often in very simple questions when I tweet, for example. Like this morning when I asked, help me to understand why 
uber progressive San Francisco didn't want Colin Kaepernick at quarterback, but politics is the only reason he's not in the NFL. See, see what I did there? I, I put that entire commandment into work in 140 characters on Twitter in one question. Or what we did yesterday on the TV show. If every day we have a storm is evidence for global warming, then days we don't have a major storm is, is that evidence against it. Turn it around. Same thing. How am I supposed to celebrate the first female NFL broadcaster when gender is just a social construct? If our people can't communicate, well, Steve, that's hard. Yeah, guys. We'll all, we'll all do respected to, uh, you know, litter pickers. This is a little bit higher threshold of, of applicant we're looking for here. Yeah, it's hard. And if you can't do it, it doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It just means you can't do it. Get out. But if we don't have guys and gals that can frame who we are in these sorts of terms, we're doomed generationally. Doomed. The overreaction to the left only will last so long before you run into situations like the one we're in now where you win eight years of elections on Obamacare's destroying people's budgets and small businesses, and it did. And then you win to do something about it, don't. And then you start to see, well, you know what then? Maybe the reason Obamacare didn't work is there just wasn't enough government. Let's just go ahead and take the full money now. That's what happens when you keep winning on reaction and not on affirmation. And then when you keep winning on reaction and then you don't follow it up with affirmative governance and policies yourself, people then just become convinced, well, maybe the other side was right. Maybe the reason it didn't work is we didn't go far enough. That's the danger zone we're in right now, gentlemen. You get the last word, Todd. I, I love this commandment, uh, and you're reading it post-2016. It makes me perhaps the most sad of all of them. Uh, so far because some of them are important to do no matter what but this one requires a priori principles to make work in any real lasting way beyond this skirmish right in front of you and sure that skirmish is important but it becomes pyrrhic very very fast if there is no if you if men without chests are using this commandment well said todd uh and what we're seeing now is the manifestation of decades of what you talked about earlier todd not really knowing who we are and two acting like we're fine with letting the other side define us because I mean, what we're what we're looking for, the end game of being able to um, being able to define ourselves before our enemies or our opponents define us, is is not so much about us as people, but what we're actually standing for. That goes back to what Nate said and what you brought up a few minutes ago. Is that the left is really good at winning arguments, and we're just good at we're. The right is just good at winning elections because we have not been able to communicate effectively for far too long about what it is we truly believe and what we're truly standing for. And that's why we're in the quagmire we're in right now. I don't I don't I don't want to hear about how the Republican Party platform is the most conservative party platform ever. When the people who are writing it, 
the people who wear that magic R after their name can't do a darn thing to defend what that platform is actually talking about. Can't. And it's not won't. I think it is a matter of can't. Because it's clear that we, we clearly have a lack of ability to communicate on the right in mass. Well said, gentlemen. That'll wrap it up for today's podcast. Don't forget promo code DACE if you want to check us out today on CRTV. That's D-E-A-C-E. D as in David, E-A-C-E, on CRTV.com. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.